Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season, we're chatting with people from different walks of life to hear their stories and how God has been faithful throughout. We have one of our favorite ladies on the show today. So get an oil change, which I just did yesterday. Walk your dog, do whatever you need to do, and enjoy today's episode. Today on the podcast, we're chatting with Karen Bott, who is the Staff and Health Resiliency Coordinator at YFC Canada and recently co-authored a book on mentoring. She's wise, funny, prayerful, and incredibly caring, and she has an amazing story of God's faithfulness. Enjoy. Well, Karen, welcome. This Thank is, you. Yeah, we are pumped to have you here. Um, Ainsley and I talk quite often how we're like, Karen Bott, she's just amazing. Something <laughs> come up, I'm like, oh my goodness, do you know what I had or who I had a conversation about that? Karen, and this is what she said. So yeah, thank you so much for being here. You're one of our favorite ladies. Um, so it's a real honor and privilege. Um, to start things off, tell us a bit about yourself. What makes Karen, Karen? All right. Well, um, on the surface, I'm married. I've been married for many years. I have three grown children. I have six grandchildren. I've attended the same church, Palmerston Evangelical Missionary, for nearly 30 years. And I know that because I was counting back. I was thinking, how long have I been going to this church? And uh, so nearly 30, 30 years. Um, other things about me, I love to learn. I just, I love to learn. I'm one of those lifelong learner types of people. Um, I love, I love people as well too. That's another thing about me as I, I really do love people. Yeah, I think that's, that's about it. Well, I guess there's more, but we'll get in, <laughs> we'll get into the rest of it. Yes. But the, really those were the, those were the things that came to mind when you asked me that question. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good little Overview, brief overview yeah. of Karen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell us about what gives you life. Um, I would say, I guess because I love people, being with good friends uh, gives me life. There's nothing I love better than um, a good conversation over a good meal uh, with some friends that I know well, where we can exchange ideas back and forth, where we can talk, where uh, we're really connected. To me, those are the best times. So the things that give me life. I love going to the gym. In particular, I love the spin class that I go to. I love doing spin. And something I've rediscovered um, over the past, just over the past six months to a year, ever since the pandemic has uh, kept me at home, I was doing a lot of traveling with my job. So, so it's kept me at home. Um, I went back to sewing. So back, you know, maybe um, over 20 years ago, I'm sure. Um, I, I taught myself to sew because I always wanted to know how. And I had young kids at home. And so I would sew a lot of things for them. And, and I had other friends that sewed. But I got out of it. I was, I was working more. My kids got older. I got involved in doing other things. And someone mentioned to me back, I, actually, I was in a meeting. And um, one of the people in the meeting said that they have been told by a psychologist that when you are 
um, doing a hobby, like working with your hands, doing a hobby, uh, something that you love, that your brain can't be anxious. And so this was a few months ago um, that I was told this, that I heard this. And, and just with um, all of the restrictions that we have, all of the uncertainty that's happening around us, I thought, I'm going to give that a try. So what am I going to go? What am I going to do? So I went back to sewing. And what is cool is that I contacted my mother-in-law. She just lives in the next village and she has quilted all her life. And so I said, how do you feel about, you know, teaching me some of the things that, you know, and she was happy to do that. And so we have been doing that now for a while um, where she has been teaching me to quilt and to do other things. And I've been loving it. So that's a new thing that's been giving me life. That's so cool. <laughs> I, I was thinking about actually I was chatting with uh, Ainsley and her friend Abby the, the other day. I'm like, I think I need a hobby. Like I like exercising, all those things, but I also hate exercising too. Like it's, yeah. Not, yeah. it's a loving relationship when you mm-hmm. really don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really cool. Sewing. Yeah. Um, let's back up a little bit. Tell us about yeah. your upbringing. What was growing up like for you? All right. Well, growing up, um, I lived in Toronto and so we moved a few times, but we always stayed within the West end of Toronto. Um, there, uh, sadly, um, there was abuse in our home. Um, I, I lived with my parents and with my brother and sister, um, you know, in that situation, my my mom did her best, but there weren't very many options back then for women that found themselves in her situation. And so uh, it was very tough. It was very tough growing up. Um, and I think my, my brother and sister would attest to that as well. Um, I guess that, you know, there that's really all I can, all I can say about that. I, one thing that I loved to do, uh, growing up was, um, I had a, I had a bike and I would bike all over the city. And it's kind of funny when I think about it, because, uh, then you didn't have, uh, helmets. Nobody wore a helmet. <laughs> and when I think of myself, you know, starting at 10 years old, biking all over Toronto, and I'm talking, bike, we lived on a really busy street, biking all throughout the city. And, and I loved it. Um, sometimes with a friend, we would bike down to Lake Ontario. Sometimes we would bike down to Young Street, <laughs> all these crazy places. And um, that I really loved doing that. And it was, it was kind of an escape for me, right, as, mm-hmm. as I would... I would bike places. Um, I also love to read too. So I did a lot of reading growing up. It's so interesting. Like my mom also grew up in Toronto and it's funny because my mom is somebody who with her kids, like we always thought she was like always so worried for us. Like she'd be when we were places where there were heights, like I remember going to the Grand Canyon and she was like so nervous 
when I walked towards the edge, like when she would see her kids do things, she would get so worried. But she tells me the stories of the things she did growing up in Toronto, mm-hmm. like jump between mm-hmm. subway cars while the subway was moving and mm-hmm. playing chicken with subways and, you know, yeah. being yeah, taking subways as, yeah, like a really young child oh, all yeah. on her own and being all alone in the city. Mm-hmm. And like, I think about that and like, you would never, ever, <laughs> ever even dream of letting me do any of those things. So mm-hmm. yeah, we always joke, but I mean, maybe she looks back and is so horrified that she just didn't want us to to risk it. So yeah, that's... Yeah, that could be too. Like, it's yeah. very funny. Thinking back... Um, when you were younger, what did you think that your future would look like? Well, that's funny because um, for most of my elementary school years, with the exception of two years, I went to Catholic schools. And so when I was very young, I wanted to be a nun. I thought I would be a nun when I grew up. And then once I started to become interested in boys, I decided that um, I would like to be a social worker. (laughs) I thought I would ditch the nun. But it is interesting when I look back, you know, Mm. when I consider that, because, um, you know, it was, it always had to do with um, involving people and, and serving people and um, being interested in what was happening with them and wanting to help in some way. Mm-hmm. So the, it, the, my life ended up being quite different. Um, my teen years ended up being quite dark for a few years. Um, but when I was young, yeah, that's what I thought. First, I thought I would be a nun. And then I thought I would be a social worker. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. I did not that's either. A fun fact about Karen. Huh. What life experiences would you say have taught you the most about God? Well, I think always the difficult experiences, right? You're like, yeah, always, always the hard times, the the challenging stuff, you know, the question, do I trust God when nothing's working out the way mm-hmm. I thought it would? And another way that I've learned to trust God, and, and I'm still trusting, right? I'm, I'm still in process, but just the day-to-day things, right? The, the things that aren't exciting, the things that could be described as rather, you know, routine and mundane, um, learning to trust God in the everyday, you know, so in conversations that I have with my neighbors or with the cashier at the grocery store, um, um, and am I trusting God to work in the lives of those people? And often before I have those conversations or even while I'm having them, I'm, I'm asking God, is there anything, is there any place you would like this conversation to go? And, and I'm willing uh, whatever it is you want to say to me. I had an interesting experience a couple of days ago. The, um, the guy from CAA called us because we usually have CAA and my credit card had expired so they couldn't take the money out. And so he said to me at the start, um, is there a school that you've attended that, that maybe we could look into, we could get you a discount? So I said, well, Emmanuel Bible College because I've taken a couple of programs there and so he looked it up and he said it's not it's not there and then he asked me um so are you a sort of a trained minister is that what you went to school for and I said I said sort of yeah I would say yes and he said well that's very very interesting 
And then at the end, he said, I am, he goes, you hear about certain things, you know, when you're young, you grow up in a certain way and then you forget. And he said, these are, these are uncertain days. I said, yes. And we did our thing. I updated my credit card. And at the end, he said, besides the point, then he goes, this is nothing to do with, with CAA. But he said, have you talked with a lot of people about how they feel about God? Um, just with the pandemic and what are their feelings? And, and I said, well, yeah, there are a lot of people that are feeling uncertain about the future right now. And uh, I said, I'll pray for you. And he said, thanks very much. But, you know, just trusting God in those conversations that, that he's going to lead you to them mm. and that, um, that he's going to direct you in, uh, in even the very small things. So I think that is, that's one of the ways that I've learned to trust too. Trust mm. him in the everyday and the little things. That's so good. And a good reminder for, you know, all of us. And I, I think that's a theme that I'm learning right now is about how the little things really matter. Um, and as someone who's a little bit dramatic, sometimes I tend to like really big gestures. And so I can mm -hmm. forget about the importance of the small things. Um, what lesson did God teach you that you say that you struggled the most to learn? I would say the what I have struggled the most with um, is letting things go. Uh, it's easy for me to hold on to things, especially if I think some sort of injustice has been done, whether towards mm. me or towards someone else. It's, it's difficult for me to let go of that. Um, so I had to learn to forgive uh, and to show grace to other people. Um, and, and that's hard if, you know, when you're, when you're struggling um, for letting things go. Um, you know, sometimes my walls can go up if something, if something sort of gets to me, right? Or, or I feel, often if I feel I'm being dismissed, um, it probably has to do with childhood issues if you were to look back at it, right? But, <laughs> but feel invisible or dismissed, right? That, that I, I put forth something and it's just, you know, not even acknowledged or it's not considered important. Um, you have a difficult time with that. And I do feel my walls get up, go up and I can, you know, just feel something rising up in me where I just, where I want to fight. And, mm. but I have had to learn and God has taught me um, how to let things go when that happens and how to forgive that person and how to just understand that different, they just have a different perspective and, and giving them grace. You know, they probably didn't mean to dismiss me. Um, but even if they did, they, maybe they have their own reasons to just, I guess just grace, right. That, Letting things go and forgiving other people and, and showing them grace. Because, I mean, I've been given so much grace by God, um, I can extend it toward other people. That's a hard lesson. That's a very hard <laughs> lesson. You're talking like, oof. Um, 
We warned you that I might ask you a question that's not on the script and here it is. Oh yeah, yeah. For those of us who are really struggling to do that, to, mm-hmm. to let go, to extend grace, to forgive, how would you encourage us to practically work that out in our life, mm-hmm. in the day-to-day things, not mm-hmm. even necessarily mm-hmm. in those big, big moments? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good question, Jen. Um, I, I think uh, being aware of what's happening inside you and acknowledging it. Um, asking yourself why you're so offended. Mm. Um, often the, the answer to that is, is inside of ourselves. I will always take time to sit with God with it and not where I'm doing all the talking, where I'm just sitting with him and letting him speak to me. Um, what does is, what is the Bible say about it? Is, does it say anything about it? And sometimes, sometimes our, when we look at our reactions, sometimes the best thing to do is look at them, respond in a counterintuitive way. So for example, um, someone dismisses an idea that I have uh, rather than pounding them over the head with mm-hmm. it, trying to get their attention. What would happen if I were to, I've said my piece, what would to happen if I were to stand back and let it go? For me, that's counterintuitive because I want to keep, I want to, I want to sort of hammer in there. Um, But what would happen if I were to take a step back and um, let things unfold? So that's Mm -hmm. often the process that I use. I don't have it written down anywhere, (laughs) but it is something that it it is a process that I use when I find myself in those situations. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I find that um, God doesn't speak to me about that thing. Sometimes it's a day or so later um i will might not even be thinking about it but a thought will come to me uh that will that addresses it so it's and 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 sometimes it feels almost like a like a rebuke you know but but sometimes it feels like um god just giving me a sentence or word or something that that helps me to understand what happened and how to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that self awareness piece and being aware of God's presence in it all is mm-hmm. freaking hard <laughs> to discern at some point. Um, that's really good though, because I I found even like from the point of us meeting. I mean, a couple years ago I guess we started to meet monthly um I've really learned that I hate being misunderstood 
and Ainsley knows can attest to this quite often. She'll say something, not just like a joke. And she, there's this look that flashes in my eyes (laughs) apparently. And I've become aware of it now. Um, But that obviously has a deeper, there's a deeper root to why I feel that way than just the surface of my reaction. Um, And actually knowing that God can and does want to, to speak in those moments is I think a really important thing to remember because it's hard, especially too, when you're in a tough season and and it's hard to discern his voice or it's hard to hear him, or it's hard just opening up your Bible to be in the word. Um, That's really good. Thanks for that encouragement. How, and you touched on it a little bit, but how did you Mm -hmm. learn to trust God? Because I think that's something that a lot of us uh, wrestle with. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did you learn to trust him? Um, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. But when I look back, I could say the main points would be, first of all, it's about relationship. It's about my day-to-day relationship with God. Um, I found that waiting in God on God uh, in silence uh, is good for me to do, to just acknowledge his presence and sit before him. And often you get, you know, you'll have distracting things. Often if it's an issue that you're dealing with, I find sitting in God's presence in my mind, it'll just, it's almost like a a film on repeat. It'll just go over and over and over and over. And it takes a little while for me to just let go and to sit before God. And, And when I can get to that place, then that's when I can experience his peace and his trust. And I think, you know, there's, there's other ways that people do that. I know for me, um, learning to trust and, and, and with that relationship piece, um, there is the silence. There is, uh, listening to some worship music. That's very scriptural, that, that contains a lot of scripture. Um, that can also just, fill up my heart with trust in God. And, and, and a lot of it, as I said, is, is the day to day is, is, is the day to day stuff of life um, that I bring to him, that I work my way through. Um, I don't have the answers to everything. I've come to the place where, where I'm okay with that. Um, you know, I get to the point learning to trust. I'm not where I'm not always asking. I'm just listening where I'm not trying to force an outcome to something, but I'm just leaving it with God and letting him work it out. So for me, that is, is trusting him with the results, not trying to talk him into something or manipulate him <laughs> into something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just leaving the results to him. And then um, I'm dealing with things as they come. Mm -hmm. And being obedient as well too, Um, learning to trust. And that's, that's just in all of the everyday things, all of the the little things um, in our responses to things that happen along the way um, to people, you know, our responses to people, um, being obedient 
to um, to what he wants us to do and how he wants us to respond. Hmm. Even during the times I don't feel like it. <laughs> That's really good. I think it's really practicing trust. Like that obedience piece I know is for me has been really key because I, I think maybe some people are really trusting. Um, I would say probably a lot of us have a hard time with that trust piece, especially if you think of like a time like now where there's so much uncertainty, but I think when you actually choose to trust when you don't feel like it is like a really powerful thing. So, um, yeah, thank you for that. What um, one thing I've actually, one thing I forgot mm-hmm. and it's a big one. So I can't believe I forgot it <laughs> uh, <laughs> for me. It's been, I, um, always say yes to God. Mm. And I say to him ahead of time, whatever it is you want me to do, I say yes. And that's also where I've learned to trust is always saying, yes, you've asked me to stay in this hard situation. I say, yes, you've Mm -hmm. asked me to take on something that I have no idea, no clue what I'm doing. And I run the risk of making a complete fool of myself. Mm -hmm. If you ask me to do it, I say, yes. So yeah, that, that actually is probably the number one. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. That is good. I'm glad you put that in there. Wow. That's a great piece of advice. So, wow. Thank you. Um, What would you say to somebody um, who's maybe at a point in life where they're kind of sitting there like, I never expected or dreamed of being here. I know you've had moments in your life where you maybe ended up and you're like, "Uh, how did this happen? Um, What would you say to someone who's in that place? They don't know exactly what they're doing and you know, how do, how do you take a step forward? Like, how do you move forward from that kind of place in life? Um, I think there are certain things that you can do, things that I've done that have been helpful for me. Uh, first of all is, I feel like I'm, I'm just sort of hammering away at this, but taking time to listen to God. Mm. Just take time to listen. And you don't have to be in any hurry to act, although often that's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Just just stop. Stop and take the time to listen. Another thing is talk to people that you trust and, and people that you respect. Mm. Uh, so if it's a situation, if it's a decision that you have to make, sit with God with it, but also take it to people that, um, as I said, that you, that you respect. And... Um, Talk to them about it. See what they say. Um, you know, the Bible says there's uh, wisdom in, in the multitude of counselors. Mm-hmm. So seeking the advice of people um, that, that you respect and that you have witnessed um, God in their lives and um, their obedience and um, take it to them as well. Talk with them about it. Um. If you're really stuck, uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, seeing a counselor. Um, I've done that several times over my life. Uh, when I've when I when I've been stuck somewhere in in, in a situation or in in a mindset that I can't seem to get past, um, there's great value and wisdom in seeing a good counselor, someone that you can talk to, someone that can help to direct you 
and sometimes even uh, untangle some of mm-hmm. your, you know, you might have some faulty thinking that needs to be looked at, that needs to be untangled, that that needs mm-hmm. to be sorted out. Maybe you need to look at some of your your past um, past situations or you know your childhood. There's there's any number of of things that can be affecting you today. So it's also a good idea to talk to a professional if if you're at that point and um, explore some of those things. Yeah, I, I'm really glad that you're hammering the point of like practical things that we can do, but the importance of, of listening to God. I think so often it's easy to say like, ah, oh, yeah, duh, I need to do that. But that just kind of seems like the over-spiritual thing to do, like over-spiritualizing mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I've been learning is that it doesn't happen unless I actually plan it in my schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my family knows that I go on thinking walks, like walks where I don't have my headphones. I'm not listening to music. I'm not listening to a podcast. It's solely for the purpose of me being alone with God and actually listening to him and coming to him with X, Y, and Z of the things that are really bothering me. Um, I think is really wise and it's hard to get into that discipline and, and what you said about, you know, going to see a counselor, um, doing some of those practical things, they are hard, but, but really good for, yeah, healing and, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, God wanting to make us whole in, in those areas. Um, what were some helpful things that people did to support and encourage you in difficult times? You kind of touched on some things that you did personally that mm-hmm. were really helpful, mm-hmm. but talk about the things that people around you did to support and, and encourage you. Um, I would say one of the biggest things are they didn't give me unasked for advice. Mm. That's not helpful. <laughs> when someone gives you advice that you didn't ask for, it's usually not the right advice for you in your situation either. Um, People that sat with me in my pain. So they let me know that they were there for me. Um, And when I say sit with me, I mean, it could literally mean sitting with me, but they're walking alongside me. And even if they don't understand exactly what I'm going through, they say, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't understand everything that you're going through, but I understand that you're in pain and I'm here to be with you in that pain, to sit with you in that pain. Um, Brene Brown has a great video on empathy versus sympathy. And she describes that well. Um, People don't, they, they didn't sugarcoat things to, to try to make me feel better where, you know, oh, this is happening. Well, at least this isn't happening mm. or, oh, you find this hard. Well, this other thing would be a lot harder. Um, that's not, that's not helping. Um, but when somebody walks alongside me and I know that they care And they're not trying to fix it. And, you know, maybe they ask me what I need. I don't always know what I need in those situations. uh, But I don't mind being asked. Um, Those are the things that have, those are the things that people have done that, when I think back, that have really helped me 
through difficult situations. Some stuff can't be some stuff can't be fixed. You just have to go. You have to go through it to get to the other side of it. Mm. So it's good to have people that are willing to walk alongside you while you do that. I think for people who are naturally fixers, that's really hard. I remember Mm -hmm. sitting with a girl one time and she'd been going through a lot of things and um, I was, you know, trying to kind of walk through some stuff with her. And I just remember her saying, do you know what I wish people would do? I said, what? And she said, I wish people would just sit and let me be sad. And she was like, and be happy when I'm happy and sad when I'm sad. And and it's funny because this girl's not a Christian. And I said to her, I was like, it's funny. The Bible actually says that, really. And and it was a really good, I think, eye-opening moment for me that was hard because even in times where sometimes we think we're just letting people do things, but we're actually trying to fix things unintentionally. It's really hard. And I think if you're somebody who likes to work with people or if you're someone that likes to help people, even if it's not like your vocation, that's really difficult. And I think we can learn a lot from from learning to sit with people. And yeah, that's that's really good. Um, and your job has to do with staff resiliency and health. I think that's your your title. And uh, I know you personally, so I know you're really passionate about that and, you know, certain things like spiritual practices. And every time, you know, we meet, we spend time actually sitting in silence with God um, mm-hmm. together and and things like that. So I know that's part of your job. Um, but I was hoping you could shed some light on some of your regular practices. And I know you've talked a lot about sitting with God, so I imagine that will come up. But uh, what regular practices do you implement in your life that you could not live without? Um, well, number one, as I've been talking about, mm-hmm. is sitting before God <laughs> um, in stillness and in silence. I also love reading my Bible. Uh, but I don't hold myself to a rigid schedule. I love reading it, uh, but I don't beat myself up if I don't read as much of it as I plan to, say in a week. Um, I don't hold myself too rigidly to, you know, some people will do reading the Bible in a year or reading it in six months. And those things are really good and they help develop disciplines in us. I would say I enjoy reading the Bible, but if I, if I kind of fall off the wagon, you know, for a few days or, or however long, for whatever reason, I don't, I don't beat myself up over it. Um, I think just time, um, doesn't even have to be in silence, but just also time talking to God. Um, I actually have, uh, I could have made it up myself. I have an acronym that I use uh, when I'm praying for my family. So every day I, I pray for my family and, uh, and they don't know my acronym. It's kind of funny. I didn't think of sharing it today, but I've gone this far, so I will. (laughs) (laughs) But the acronym is Jews, right? So, because it helps me to remember. And so when I pray for my family or when I'm praying for other people too, um, I pray for joy, endurance, wisdom, and strength. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that 
I like to do on a daily basis, no matter where I am. I find that um, some people pray while they walk. Uh, they pray while they do other things. I find that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm one of those people that that needs to sit in a quiet spot. I need my, as they would say, my prayer closet mm-hmm. sort of idea. Um, if I don't have that, if I am surrounded all day with people or in situations where I can't get to that spot um, or get to it's not a particular spot, but, but to a place where I'm by myself and it's quiet and I can collect my thoughts and I can talk to God and I can spend time in silence. Um, I really hate it when that doesn't happen, when I, I'm not able to do that. Those would be my, those would be the, the practices that I can't live without. I love that you shared the things that work well for you and and things that work well for for other people Um, because one size doesn't fit all when it comes to different spiritual practices. I mean, obviously being in the word, very important. Um, Praying and talking to God, very important. But the way that you do that can look different. Mm -hmm. Um, So thanks for touching on that because I think that's, that's really, really important. Um, it reminded me of, and, and what you said about, um, if you miss a couple of days of not reading the Bible that you don't, you don't, uh, beat yourself up for, for missing that. Um, I remember there's a season for me where it was really hard to be in the word and, and there was a lot of different stuff happening, uh, in that season, but she's just like, and so I was sharing those things with her and she's like, you know what, Jen, that quiet time. I've come to learn is really like a shower, you know, like we need to clean ourselves. Um, and just like that, we need that time in the word that it's not just something that I need to do to check off the box to, to say that it's done, but I actually need to spend time in the word. I actually need to spend time with God. Um, and so thanks for touching on that. Cause that's really, really important that I think a lot of people, a lot of us wrestle with. Um, so thanks for that. This season, um, we're talking about story and legacy and God's faithfulness throughout people's lives. And this is kind of our uh, question of the season. Um, What story are you hoping to write that will be told about you years down the road? Um, I think that what I would, the story that I would like to be written and share with others is that I was faithful to what was given to me. Mm. And that, you know, secondary, but still important that I set an example to my children and to future generations. That's actually very important to me as well. So I don't know if I would say that secondary, they're they're both equally important. So being faithful to what was given to me and setting an example, um, you know what comes to mind is that song by um, Carrie Job, uh, The Blessing, mm-hmm. and it's scriptural. And that talks about um, God's favor being on you. Um, and then for a thousand generations, so for your family and your children and their children and their children. And it goes on, um, you know, as, as, you're, as you're walking, as you're, as you're sitting down, as you're standing up, as you're going throughout your day. Um, remembering God. The first time I heard that song, 
um, I cried and cried and cried because mm-hmm. it, the power of that song, the, the scriptures that were included uh, had such a deep impact on me. Um, you know, may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you. I was very affected by, by that song. Um, but yes, it, the, the part that describes um, God's favor being on you and for a thousand generations struck me mm. as so powerful. And that is the story that I would, that I would like to write, that God's favor was on me and a thousand generations. That's just too much for me to even comprehend. And that's, that, that's a blessing that's beyond anything that, that I deserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but it's a blessing nonetheless that is included in scripture. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm taking it <laughs> for myself. So yes, that would be it's a story that I, that I hope to write, that, that I hope that I'm writing right now I think it's a beautiful story so um and then our last question and this is like one of my favorite questions to ask people ever so I told Jen we have to ask people this every podcast because I just love to hear what people say and that's what is the best piece of advice that you've been given you know it's funny I saw that question when you sent it to me and I was I was really hoping to find something profound. And I'm thinking back, <laughs> what advice has ever been, is there any advice that's been given to me that I've just sort of hung my hat on it and I and that's it, right? Like I, I can see a turning point. I could it defines me moving forward. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I could think of <laughs> was um, a friend of mine, he was our old associate pastor, Rob. And he said to me, I was, I was just starting in vocational ministry. And he said, there will always be plenty of opportunities for you to make a fool of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And he was so right. And it wasn't, and and it's not just in, in what we do, you know, working with young people and, and working on teams I find it encompasses all of my life. There are always plenty of opportunities (laughs) for me to make a fool out of myself, you know, to get stuck in a situation where I'm not sure what to do. So I do something stupid, Mm. you know, and and it's true. And, but you know, where that was freeing and helpful for me is that I don't take myself very seriously. Mm. I have a sense of humor about myself. Uh, And And not taking myself very seriously um, allows me to give myself more grace when I do make a fool of myself. Mm -hmm. And you know what's happened? It's going to happen again and again and again. And that's okay. Hmm. Because I'm faithful. And I say yes to what God asks me to do. And he gives me grace. I can laugh at myself <laughs> and, I, and skill. I, I give my, yes, I, I give myself opportunity to do that often. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I can relate. 
(laughs) Me too. You know what? It's a great way to live. Mm. It's a great way to live. Hmm. Karen, thank you so much. I just, I feel like I'm going to be listening and listening to this conversation over because there's so much wisdom to soak up. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much for the way that you have been faithful with what God has given you um, for walking with us, for laughing with us um, and just being a a huge encouragement for the both of us and for the people who are listening. Um, This has been a real gift. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We have more amazing conversations like this coming up that you won't want to miss. So make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're using. And you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Just Work Friends. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to give it a review so we can see what you guys enjoy about the pod. Bye. Oh, see you. <laughs> Toodaloo.